0: This podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audiblepogosity.tv. your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audiblepogosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of March 5th, 2017, the podcast that makes subtitles for silent movies. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's over the news of the bogus. So we're starting off with another story in the saga of forced unlocking of phones. We've covered before how the courts have pretty roundly said that you can't be forced to give up a password, because that counts as testimony under the Fifth Amendment. But police have said that fingerprints are a different matter. Since they're allowed to take your fingerprints, that means that they can force you to unlock your phone with your fingerprint. We've talked about cases where police raided a building and forced everyone in the building to unlock their phones. They say that's completely kosher. But not so, says U.S. District Court Judge David Wiseman. Being able to take fingerprints for identification purposes is completely different from being able to use a fingerprint to unlock a phone and gain access to documents. That is protected by the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, according to Wiseman. Prosecutors have in the past argued that providing a fingerprint doesn't threaten someone's Fifth Amendment right now to incriminate themselves. But Wiseman ruled, that indeed it does, since the content on the phone could be incriminating. It also violates the Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable searches. This isn't a case like the San Bernardino phone, Wiseman said, where government was seeking to unlock a specific iPhone for specific purposes. Instead, quote, significant to this court is that the government is seeking forced fingerprint of any person who happens to be at the subject premises, inclusive of any residents or itinerant visitors. In other words, it's a general warrant of the kind expressly forbidden by the Fourth Amendment, quote. Essentially, the government seeks an order from this court that would allow agents executing this warrant to force persons at the subject premises to apply their thumbprints and fingerprints to any Apple electronic device recovered at the premises. According to Abraham Ryan, a Philadelphia-based tech lawyer, quote, There is a big difference between using a fingerprint to identify a person and using one to gain access to a potentially vast trove of data about them and possibly about innocent third parties, too. We're not talking about a key, but about part of a person's body. Wiseman, who is both a former federal prosecutor and a former FBI special agent, says that Fourth Amendment limitations, quote, DO IMPACT THE ABILITY OF THE GOVERNMENT TO SEEK THE EXTRAORDINARY AUTHORITY RELATED TO COMPELLING INDIVIDUALS TO PROVIDE THEIR FINGERPRINTS TO UNLOCK AN APPLE ELECTRONIC DEVICE. THIS COURT AGREES THAT THE CONTEXT IN WHICH FINGERPRINTS ARE TAKEN, AND NOT THE FINGERPRINTS THEMSELVES, CAN RAISE CONCERNS UNDER THE FOURTH AMENDMENT. IN THE INSTANT CASE, THE GOVERNMENT IS SEEKING THE AUTHORITY TO SEIZE ANY INDIVIDUAL AT THE SUBJECT PREMISES AND FORCE THE APPLICATION OF THEIR FINGERPRINTS AS DIRECTED BY GOVERNMENT AGENTS. Based on the facts presented in the application, the court does not believe such Fourth Amendment intrusions are justified based on the facts articulated. Here's hoping this case sets a precedent. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children? Or nieces or nephews are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? Movie studios are discriminating by age. That couldn't possibly be because of the age range most viewers like to see actors in, could it? So, the California legislature came up with just the perfect way to fix the problem, make it illegal to publish an actor's age. And that should take down the fiends behind this, like IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. Well, it must be them, because they're the only ones that have been sued. So, U.S. District Judge Vince Jabira ruled that the law violates the First Amendment, duh. He also ruled that it won't do a thing to address the problem of age discrimination, also duh. His ruling said, quote, With respect to the first part of the preliminary injunction test, it's difficult to imagine how AB 1687 could not violate the First Amendment. The statute prevents IMDb from publishing factual information, information about the ages of people in the entertainment industry, on its website for public consumption. This is a restriction of non-commercial speech on the basis of content. It's not clear how preventing one mere website from publishing age information could meaningfully combat age discrimination at all. Because the government has presented nothing to suggest that AB 1687 would actually combat age discrimination, much less that it's necessary to combat age discrimination, there is an exceedingly strong likelihood that IMDb will prevail in this lawsuit. The law is supported by the Screen Actors Guild, who criticized the ruling. So, apparently, according to progressives, the way to combat age discrimination is to remove one big way most people have of detecting it. Hmm, it's almost like they have another motive other than fighting discrimination. Gee, I wonder what it could be. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? And now, for the third week in a row, we're talking about idiotic things done by Customs and Border Protection agents. This time, they insisted on seeing identity documents of every single passenger disembarking from a flight arriving at JFK Airport. We've talked before about how they don't really have the authority to do this without probable cause, but it's even worse in this case. The flight in question was a DOMESTIC flight which departed from San Francisco. As the saying goes, papers please. And it turns out, the guy they were looking for wasn't even on the flight. And a CPB spokesman says this is nothing new, but that just makes it worse. According to passenger Ann Garrett, quote, "...we were told we couldn't disembark without showing our documents." Another passenger, Matt O'Rourke, was told, quote, "...you'll need to show your papers to agents waiting outside the door." In a later statement, the CPB said that this was consensual. Like a certain Spanish swordsman, I do not think the word means what they think it means. But this, I think, is a good cautionary tale. People pass laws about immigrants or whatever because they believe they as natives will never be adversely affected by it. They're almost always wrong. These restrictions will be turned around on you sooner or later. It's not a matter of if, but when. AND NOW IT'S TIME TO CATABOLIZE THIS WEEK'S BIGGEST BOGON emitter. AND THIS WEEK IT GOES TO CNBC FOR REASONS WE'LL GET TO IN A MINUTE. FOR NOW, HOW WOULD YOU LIKE TO LOSE 20 POUNDS IN JUST ONE YEAR? VENEZUELANS FOUND A WAY, IT'S CALLED THE SOCIALISM DIET. YES, APPARENTLY NOT HAVING ANY FOOD AND EATING TWO OR FEWER MEALS A DAY, AS IS THE CASE WITH MANY VENEZUELANS, HAS CAUSED A WEIGHT DROP, 74.3% of Venezuelans have lost an average of 19 pounds. And 9.6 million Venezuelans eat two meals a day or fewer, according to preliminary data released by the ENCOVI 2016 survey from the Central University of Venezuela. It's only getting worse there. 81% of Venezuelan households are in poverty, amid a predicted inflation rate of over 1,642% by the end of the year, according to the IMF. So it's horrible, and our hearts go out to the Venezuelans once again, well, the Venezuelan people, not the politicians who are imposing all of this on them in the name of ending poverty and starvation. So this brings me to CNBC and their writer Luke Graham, who wrote, quote, One concern for Venezuela, and other emerging markets, is the impact of a potential Trump trade war. Yes, guess what, it's all Trump's fault even though this has been going on for something like three years. Look, whatever Trump's trade policy ends up being, it's irrelevant in the case of Venezuela, since Maduro has already put up just about as many trade barriers as possible. We've covered how they manipulate the exchange rates and stop Venezuelans from getting dollars and buying goods from outside Venezuela. How they've even gone after Venezuelans buying food with Bitcoin. So whether Trump passes the best possible trade policy or the worst, it won't matter for them, since it's Maduro and his Socialist government who's causing all the problems there. Also, Venezuela is NOT an emerging market. It used to be a pretty significant player, until the Socialist government started running out of other people's money. Now it's a dwindling market, spiraling into catastrophe. It's gotten so bad... The Venezuelan government can't even afford to sell oil. But it's Trump's fault. Yeah, right. Let's add CNBC to the list of fake news outlets. They certainly managed to make this week's biggest bogani emitter. Bogosity.tv gives you great ways to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.pagosity.tv and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. Or go to Prime.pagosity.tv for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes. Borrow Kindle books and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, Go to kindle.bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited. Read over 1 million books and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. Or go to home.bogosity.tv to try Amazon Home Services. Over a thousand different services from quality, hand-picked pros, from house cleaning to equipment and furniture assembly, plumbing, electrical, painting, and other handyman services all backed by Amazon's Happiness Guarantee. And as always, check the right-hand side of the podcast page for special Amazon deals. And now let's decircumstantiate this week's Idiot Extraordinary! AND THIS WEEK IT GOES TO CONGRESSIONAL CANDIDATE Brianna WU. YES, SHE'S BACK! ONLY THIS TIME, IT'S NOTHING TO DO WITH GAMERS OR ANYTHING LIKE THAT, ALTHOUGH SHE DID MANAGE TO WORM IT INTO BEING A FEMINIST ISSUE. SHE'S TALKING ABOUT THE HORRIBLE THINGS THAT COULD HAPPEN IF ELON MUSK SETS UP A MOON BASE. NAMELY, THEY COULD NUKE US FROM ORBIT JUST BY THROWING ROCKS. QUOTE, THE IDEA OF A PRIVATE CORPORATION HAVING ACCESS TO MOON SHOULD GIVE YOU PAUSE. The Moon is probably the most tactically valuable military ground for Earth. Rocks dropped from there have power of hundreds of nuclear bombs dropped into our giant planetary gravity well that multiplies the kinetic energy, even after she received the backlash you would expect from her being so stupid. She doubled down tweeting quote, like "You can all make fun of that statement, but it will still be true. This is why the militarization of space is so dangerous." Of course, militarization is done by governments and not by private corporations, but why let the facts get in the way of an anti-capitalist rant? Of course, anyone who's read The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein will know that this is in no way a new idea, so you'd think if there were anything to it, the military would have had a moon base long ago. Here's a big reason why this won't work. It'll take about three days for the rock to get to Earth, so you can't do it in a moment, and you really can't do it by surprise due to radar and radio astronomy tracking everything around us. And then there's the concept of the launch window. You have to wait until Earth has rotated into the correct position to launch it where you want it to go. If you launch it now, when your target area will have rotated in the wrong position by the time the rock reaches there, It could take a really long time to get there, but by waiting several hours until the Earth is in the correct position, you could get it to reach the target sooner than you would if you had launched now. So, the bottom line is, Earth would have plenty of time to launch an anti-rock missile and blow it literally out of the sky, and then bomb the lunar colony. Now consider this. In order to get it to break free of lunar gravity, The rock has to be accelerated to over 5,300 miles per hour. That's almost seven times the speed of sound! Although there are ICBMs that can fly that faster even faster, they do so to reach their target in a few minutes, so the enemy doesn't have time to react. Also ICBMs do it by using rocket fuel, which is in short supply on the moon. It'd be really hard to achieve that velocity with just a catapult. So, no matter how you look at it, it's much easier just to launch a missile from somewhere else on Earth that doesn't even have to achieve orbit. Also, the rock would actually have to be pretty big. To find the mass of the rock, we use the formula 2 times energy over velocity squared. Plugging in the energy of the Hiroshima blast, about 15 kilotons of TNT, and the velocity when it strikes the Earth, about 28 times the speed of sound, you get a mass of 1400 metric tons. That's 1.4 million kilograms. That's about the mass of the space shuttle when it takes off. This doesn't take into consideration the rock burning up or exploding in the atmosphere. The meteor that exploded over Russia in 2013 was almost 10 times this mass, heavier than the Eiffel Tower, and there were zero reported deaths as a result, despite the fact that it happened over an area populated by 3 million people! Pretty pathetic for a bomb, if you ask me. But she said HUNDREDS of nuclear bombs, so at least 200. Multiply our number, which was based on one Hiroshima bomb, by 200, and we get 280 metric kilotons, over 80% of the mass of the Empire State Building. So lop off the top part of the Empire State Building, and then launch it from the moon. That'll get what she wants. Also, the moon is so far away that even the tiniest mistake when launching the rock can make it impact in a completely different area than your target. The slightest miscalculation, and you drop it on your aunt's house instead of the enemy. And you can't adjust a rock's course or abort it once it's launched. Which would make it really awkward if Earth surrendered in the interim. Oh, okay, we accept your surrender, but there are a dozen rocks heading your way that will bomb you into extinction in the next couple of days and we can't stop them. Sorry about that. So, there's a lot to criticize, but according to Wu, there's only one reason why she's getting this treatment. Quote, That's the danger of being a WOMAN on the Internet. Yes, it's all part of the sexist plot of the misogynistic patriarchy, and not anything at all to do with the fact that she's a complete moron who's so completely full of herself she doesn't even notice it. So all of that makes Brianna Wu this week's... Idiot Idiot. Idiot. Extraordinary! Extraordinary. Well, that wraps up this. I have it on good authority that if you type Google into Google, you can break the Internet, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forumbybogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail, or become a patron at patreon.bogosity.tv and get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Samuel Johnson. He that voluntarily continues ignorant is guilty of all the crimes which ignorance produces. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly? With actual, peer-reviewed sources to back you up. My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationist's own criteria of what is scientific using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific but creationism is not, based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific and never be taken in by creationists again.